And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on all the way you want, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 67 of Lupa's Bits. I am your host, Lupa Barty, and holy moly, it seems like it's been a long time since I've last talked to you guys. It's only actually been a week, really. Well, two weeks. Um, I've got a lot to tell y'all. First and foremost, I am not podcasting from the comforts of my kitchen table in Ontario. Oh no, no, no. I am podcasting from a computer chair and a TV tray table in California. (laughs) So we have switched locations. You may notice the sound is a little different because I don't have my regular setup rig. Sorry, Joe. Work with it. (laughs) Um, I have had the distinct pleasure, I will say, of meeting Joe in person and hugging the man that makes me sound absolutely fantastic each and every week when I don't miss a week. That was fun. And I got to meet his fantastically lovely wife, Jenna. She, the two of them are the ones responsible for the world of Mythbits now. And they do the magazine review and all of that wonderful stuff. And they truly are amazing human beings. The dog you hear in the background, that's Minerva. I'm pretty sure you've heard her on other podcasts, such as, you know, My Public Life is an American Nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Because <laughs> I am in the same space that that show was recorded, except for the last, the last season. Well, yeah, the last season. Oh, and you may periodically hear my live studio audience in the background, <laughs> because my live studio audience is actually live this week. He's uh, in the room with me. Yeah, we're kind of a thing, <laughs> in case you hadn't figured out. So yeah. Um, because now I got complete loss for words. Now that I've just like thrown that out there on Front Street and told all of my 12 listeners that <laughs> I am dating my live studio audience. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Next subject. It's kind of weird putting it out there with him like sitting right in front of me because <laughs> he's sitting over there grinning away. Yes. Yeah, so I am in California. I am staying at his house and hanging out with his amazing children and having a great time. When last you heard from me, I was getting ready for the trip. And then I made the trip, the magazine launched, and when I was supposed to record last week, I, I'm i not going to say unfortunately, because there's nothing unfortunate about it. I was in Vegas. I was in Las Vegas. And we, <laughs> we were actually a day early. <laughs> we weren't supposed to be there till the next day to pick up um, Walter G. Esselman and Alan Russo. So we ended up staying because it's a three, three and a half hour, three hour, three hour drive. So by the time what we thought would have been picking up, it was okay. It was just a a comedy of errors all the way around, but everybody was picked up. And then we spent a few hours walking the Vegas strip. Yes. Yours truly was on the strip and uh, Anthony, it survived. (laughs) The strip survived. 
Um, I'm not sure my delicate sensibilities survived. I saw things on the strip that um, I'm pretty sure are supposed to be reserved for the privacy of the intimate moments between you and your um, chosen partner, but okay. I, I don't know. Some of the costumes that the showgirls were wearing as they were walking around the street, all I could think of was, ow, ow, chafing, serious chafing in places that chafing should never happen. Like, I've seen, you know, dental floss before, but not studded dental floss. Ow. I don't, I, no, no, not, no, just not right. Not right. <laughs> No, my butt's clenching now as I was telling you about it. No, uh-uh. Um, I mean, you know, back in the day, okay, but no, not that. No, did I say no? I think I said no. Um, but it was it was very surreal to see, like, to drive this. I mean, I've seen it from an airplane. I've seen it as I have been beetling down it at breakneck speeds to get out of Vegas before rush hour. Um, but I've never seen it to like be part of it. And we drove down the strip first to find a place to park. And it was really kind of neat to see all these places that you see in movies right there in living color in front of me that I could take pictures of. And I can say that I have physically laid hands on Caesar's palace. I have laid hands on an actual palm tree and still have the scars to prove it. Because I got slivers. Did you know those things can sliver? Ow. It hurts. I saw the MGM Grand. I saw the big carved statues of Siegfried and Roy. I got to see Buddy's restaurant and pizza parlor. Now, if you don't know who Buddy is, Cake Boss, look it up. I'm a big Cake Boss fan. I used to watch Cake Boss all the time because, I mean, the man makes some incredible incredibly cool cakes. I've always wanted one of Buddy's cakes. Like these things are like just really cool. So of course, you know, when I had the opportunity to take a picture of Buddy Valestro's restaurant and where his bakery actually is um, in Vegas, I, cause I saw the episode of Cake Boss when they first opened the uh, bakery in Vegas. And then when they opened the restaurant in Vegas, so it was kind of neat to actually like, I've seen those on TV and look, here I am. It was really cool. And then just like the Venetian and the canal with the, the boats and, and gondolas. That's the name. That's what they're called. Gondolas. It was just, it was an incredible experience to walk the strip and be part of that energy. I mean, it's a different kind of energy. It's, it's hope and excitement and anticipation, but there's this underlying feeling of, um, desperation and almost a sadness that kind of permeates the street and the people, um, homelessness. I was surprised is, I mean, it's right there. You're walking by it. It's right there. I mean, I get it. There's homelessness everywhere, but it's, it's very prominent and very viewable on the strip. And it was kind of, I mean, maybe that's the sadness and desperation that I was feeling, but yeah, we walked, we parked in an underground or like a parking garage that was free, which surprised me. 
And there were big signs up that said, you know, parking for Fashion Week. <laughs> Woo! All right. I, I made it. I am parking where they park for Fashion Week. You know, I could be parking beside Madonna for all I know. I mean, there were Jags and, and Mercedes Benz and everything in this garage. But, uh, and we got out and we walked. We saw um, Gillies and Senior Frogs and, I mean, just everything. And then we're standing at the corner. And, like, when we had driven down, I had seen Trump Tower. And it's it's pretty much in every movie that you've ever seen shot in Vegas. There's a shot of Trump Tower at some point in time in the movie. So you know it pretty well. And then there it is, bigger than life, in front of me. So, yeah, I got about 100 pictures of it. It was really neat. It was really neat. It was like walking. I mean, yes, I get it. It's a street in the middle of a city. That's all it is. It's a street in the middle of the city. It's no different than walking Clifton Hill in Niagara Falls, except it's not on a hill. Um, and you don't have to come back up. <laughs> Once you get to where you're going, you don't have to turn around and climb the hill. But it feels like an entirely different world. It really does. Um, I flew WestJet this time. The last time I came to California, I flew Spirit Air. I flew WestJet, so, you know, I felt hoity-toity and special because, like, I was on a brand-name airplane. It was kind of neat. And did you know they have, like, actual plugs in the back of the seats? Like, not just, like, a USB plug for your phone, but an actual, like, plug-in-the-wall socket plug. Um, they offer complimentary movies. I watched, I mean, I had downloaded a bunch of stuff onto my tablet to keep me entertained. But I watched um, I watched a couple of episodes of Supernatural that I had downloaded. And then um, I watched Good Morning Vietnam because I love that movie. And I knew it was going to keep me at least awake because I hadn't slept in two days. Now, interesting story behind that. So my plane left at 945 Sunday morning from Pearson International Airport in Toronto. Landed in Las Vegas at 11.30 in the morning. Nope, it is not an hour and a half flight. It is a four hour and 45 minute flight. There's a time change. So the airport said to be there at least 190 minutes before your flight. So about two hours. Well, about three hours before your flight. So my flight's leaving at 9.45. So I thought... Heard the nightmare stories about going through customs and security and all of the, the COVID checks that you have to go through and you have to sign this attestation and blah, blah, blah. So I thought, well, if my flight leaves at 945, I should probably be there about five o'clock. I'm always overprepared for stuff like this. And I was nervous. So I had... Um, my best friend's husband, Brian, picked me up at four because it was only like 40 minutes away. And we got to the airport at 430. It's kind of what happens when there's no traffic. <laughs> a 45 minute drive turns into a 30 minute drive. So we get to the airport, he drops me off. I go in and I find where I'm supposed to be because I've already done the online check-in. I don't actually have to go to check-in. I didn't have a bag to check. I just had my carry-on and my personal piece. So I get there and he tells me where to go. So I can't go into security yet because there were people in there and they're only allowing so many people in at a time. So he says, okay, you have to stand here in this snaky line until eight o'clock in the morning. What? Dude, it's 530. 
what do you mean I have to stand in this like empty line behind this little seatbelt thing for four hours? He says, well, you can go sit over there if you want. Well, no, I don't want to lose my spot in line. He says, no, no, no. Well, no, you're first. You can go sit over there. And there's nobody in line, so I'm pretty sure they're going to remember who I am. So I sat over there until about 630. And then people started filling up the line. And I'm looking, going, dude, you better remember me. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to butt in line. It's going to be an international incident on the Canadian side. So he comes over and he gets me. And he's like, well, there's nobody in there. You can go in now. So I'm standing in the, the again, snaky line. But this time there's actually people. So, you know, we're moving fairly quickly. They were getting people through security fairly quickly. Um, and, of course, me being me, I'm paranoid that they're going to find some reason to not let me get through. So I get through and I'm like, nobody has asked to see my $200 COVID test. Nobody. Nobody's asked to see it. They've seen my passport. Now, when you fill out the forms for your flight clear for your COVID test, it's attached to your passport. So I'm assuming I'm free and clear. Great. You know, they know I'm negative. Off I go. Get into the next part of the, I get through security, not a problem get into the next part of um, the airport where you sit in the little lounge and it's a really cool lounge. Every table, every bar where you could stand had plugs to charge your, your phones or your tablets or whatever. And they had tablets there that you could use to do whatever you needed to do. There was a Starbucks. I went and got a lemonade waiting for the groan from my live studio audience because I went to Starbucks and got a lemonade. So by this point in time, I've been up since about 8.30 Saturday morning. And it is now about 8.30 Sunday morning. So I've been up for about 24 hours. But adrenaline is keeping me going. So eventually we finally start boarding. But the, before they start boarding, they start calling people, you know, we, we need to come up and we need to verify your COVID test. So make sure you have your COVID papers out. Well, then they tell us the flight is fully, like, is sold out. And I'm like, okay, so there is going to be no social distancing on the plane. Um, all right, I'm cool with that. I've had both my vaccines. I'm, you know, negative. Everybody on the plane is supposed to be negative. And I've got my mask. We had to wear our mask the entire flight. I will say that sucks. The only time you're allowed to take your mask off is if you're eating or drinking. So the minute that the, I don't know what they're called now, flight attendants, hostesses, steward, I don't know. The people, go ahead and sneeze. Bless you. See, it works every time. The people that go up and down the aisle with the food, okay? Um, the minute they came out, you could see everybody just like, give me this, give, I'll take a coffee, I'll take a Ryan Coke, I'll take a, the girl at the end of our row, there were three, <laughs> bless you, there were three of us. I had the window seat because again, if I'm going down and I'm going to be terrified, I'm going to do it with an incredible view. And then there was this little lady, bitty Asian woman in between us. I mean, she must have been no more than 12. And then there was a woman on the end. And I mean, this is 10 o'clock in the morning and she's ordering. I think it was either a Bloody Mary or a Caesar. I don't know. She got Clamato juice. <sighs> Yuck. Anything that has clams in it, I'm not drinking it. Just nasty. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> arguing with my live studio audience. No. Anyway, it's like 10 o'clock in the morning and I'm getting, because the same thing happened on the last, the last time I flew into Vegas. I'm pretty sure getting onto a plane and going to Vegas gives you some kind of flight right to start drinking at 10 o'clock in the morning. 
I don't know, but it's not an unusual. And people were ordering these little itty bitty teeny tiny bottles of champagne. (laughs) It's 10 o'clock in the morning, people. I want a coffee. I got a coffee, complimentary coffee and the teeny tiniest bag of teeny tiny little pretzels I have ever seen in my life. So, you know, I'm eating my pretzels, I'm drinking my coffee, and everybody on the plane is like, yes, we can take our masks off. Those poor, uh, it was two guys that were doing the food, the food card. They were just like, they were busy. It took them about an hour just to go down the row, and then they had to come back. So we got two snacks on the, on the flight and a complimentary movie. Like, you could choose whatever movie you wanted. There were like hundreds of movies there. It was really neat. So the flight landed at 1130 Las Vegas time which was 2.30 my time, 2.30 in the afternoon, my time. So my live studio audience picks me up and whisks me away to California. I'm, I'm, I'm wired. I'm wired. You're like, do you want to have a nap? No, I'm good. I'm wired. I'm wired. I'm wired. So we're hanging out, just kind of doing, you know, doing our thing, hanging out with the kids. And I think it was like 10 o'clock Sunday night. He went to launch a podcast. I laid down and went, all right, we'll watch a movie after. And I was out. That was it. There was no sound from me. There was no movement from me. There was nothing more from me until the next morning. <laughs> and I kind of knew the minute I got horizontal, that was going to be what happened. Um, but yeah, I was up for two days just to get here. Yeah, it was, it was, it's been worth it so far. There's been some, some um, hiccups, not on the, the, boyfriend front or anything else just um well let's see the motto for the last two weeks two weeks has been and those that have been involved in the last two weeks you can all say it with me because we've all been saying it eddie's an idiot i think that's what i might that just might be what i call this episode (laughs) eddie's an idiot and yes i i know there are people that are listening to this going no 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 we have a whole bunch of other words for him but I can't say those words because I don't use bad language on my show. It's the fact that I actually said his name is worse than the F word on my show. But anyway, I came down to California for Scarefare, which was on the 30th. And I was really looking forward to it. And after being here, I mean, up to this point, I was kind of getting a little grumbly because, and I'll say it again for those in the back that didn't hear me the first time, Eddie's an idiot. It was just one one lie after another, one revelation after another, one screw up after another. And it just seemed to be never ending. And it got to the point where the event was on the Saturday and it was either the Thursday night or the Friday night. Um, I looked at Dave's sister, Rebecca, and went, I don't even want to go. I don't even want to go. Nope, I'm over it. And I was so excited to go. I was so excited to be there and he had sucked the life out of that joy, (laughs) you know, Um, all of us trying to put out all of the little fires that he had lit. And I mean, I'll, I'll just put it out there. I think he did it on purpose, but you know, prove me wrong and I'll retract my statement. He admitted to embezzling money from the company and a whole litany of things. So it was like, "Ah, I don't want to see him or he's going to be a bloody decoration. I mean, like not bloody as in bloody hell, but bloody as in, you know, dripping blood on the floor decoration out front uh, for all to see. (laughs) And no, I'm not threatening bodily harm. I'm not saying I'm going to go beat him. You know, this is past tense. 
So don't think you can come at me for threatening your life. I'm not. Trust me, if I was, you'd know. I'm not. You're not worth my time. So the day dawned and we were up at the hour of stupid. I do believe it was 6.30 when I got up. I don't know what time it was when Dave got up, but it was 6.30 when I got up. He says seven. I wasn't here, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> I'll believe him, though. But uh, we were up and out the door. No, we were up and out the door by 6.30. So we were up before. No, she woke me up. At, Rebecca woke me up at 6.30. So we were up shortly after. We were out the door shortly after that. And off to Scare Fair we go. And I mean, all in all, it was actually a really good day. Um, I didn't get any autographs. I know. I'm sorry. But I was just running <laughs> all day and talking to people and um one of the thrills for me that day is I got to meet Walter Walter Phelan and he was Dr. Satan in House of a Thousand Corpses. Notice I didn't say it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I got to meet him and I was checking him in because we decided that because we couldn't trust Eddie because Eddie's an idiot, we were having everybody that came, vendor and guest alike and volunteer. Well, not guest. I mean, they, they had a ticket, but vendor and volunteer alike and the celebrity guests sign in. So here's this tiny little man in front of me. And I'm like, your name, Walter. Okay, Walter, can you fill out here your name, your, your cell phone number and your email address? And he's like, okay. So it just dawned on me like this second, I actually have this cell phone number written down somewhere. So I look at his name and I'm like, oh my goodness, you're you're Walter. I, I totally fangirled for a minute. Um, yeah, I was I was that Star Trek, and I swear I say I always say, oh, that's I'm never going to do that. I'm not going to be, but I was for like about a minute and a half. I was that. Oh my gosh, there's this celebrity standing in front of me, and I totally treated him like everybody else. Here, sign in. <laughs> I don't know who you are. Sign in. And I made a crack about, you know, it's kind of hard to tell who you are without all your apparatus. Well, he roared, called me hun for the rest of the day. Every time we go by, I'd be like, how you doing? Because my where my table was, I was the end of Celebrity Row. Thank you very much, Dave. <laughs> and I mean, I got to watch Joe Bob Briggs and Darcy the Mail Girl and Lisa Wilcox doing their thing. And John Masari, who I kind of was a little snarly about. I mean, I, just just because Eddie's an idiot, that's why I was a little snarly about it. But he's a really nice guy, and I'm you know I went and got got to hand him you know markers for autographing, and he interviewed me. It was kind of cool. I mean, here I am standing in front of this guy who has done you know the musical score for a number of things, and he's asking me who my favorite author is, and why did I start writing, and what my favorite genre to write is, and you know, what I've got going so far and what I've written and the names and where can you find them? And I'm like, my brain, my mouth is still working. Words are still coming out of my mouth because I'm a professional, if nothing else. But my brain is a test pattern by this point in time going, this is a Hollywood dude and he's asking me about me. I'm nobody. <laughs> asking me about me for. I'm no, I do believe I said that at one point and his wife's like, no, 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 you're not a nobody. You're just not a complete somebody yet. And I kind of, I thought about that and I'm like, that's kind of cool. I'm not a nobody. I'm just not a complete somebody yet. There are people out there that know my name that don't, that aren't family and friends, strangers that know my name because they bought my stuff. Yeah. It was a great day. I had a lot of fun. 
I got to hang out with Walter. He was beside me. When I was at my table, I got to hang out with Walter. I wasn't at my table very often. I was running off doing this or I was running off doing that. And uh, if you've met me in person, if you know me for any length of time, you know I'm loud. I can project. I can be heard through an entire building. So when announcements needed to be made, I was the one that was making them because, again, I'm loud. And I can do it with flair. Like, I don't just yell the announcements. I was doing it like I was the town crier or, you know, some barker at a an auction or something. And then I would finish it off with like a little bow or a little like two-step dance or something and make everybody laugh. And there was these two, and I'm going to say it because this is the two podcast broads that were supposed to show up that I think maybe have three podcasts to their credit. They didn't come. So they were supposed to do the cosplay contest. So of course, you know, the mouth of the North <laughs> got you know, tapped in and I ended up doing the scare fair, the, the cosplay contest, but they actually gave me a mic this time. <laughs> Silly buggers. <laughs> and I told the sound guy too, before I went up on stage, you're going to have to turn the mic down. Oh no, 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 no. We know what we're doing. We're professionals. You just go up there and you'll be fine. You know, we've got it set. You'll be fine. We've been listening to you all day. We're good. Uh-huh. I got up there and I started talking and I looked over and watched the sound guy turning something down. So when I got off the stage, I said, you turned it down, didn't you? And he said, oh, yeah, we did. But, uh, yeah, I got to um, judge and, and be like the master of ceremonies. Or as Jenna has coined this amazing phrase that we're going to use. Can I, can I say it? Okay, I have permission. I can say it. So next year, I'm going to be the master of ceremonies. <laughs> Thank you. That is just the coolest thing. Um, and I got to, uh, you know, like talk to the audience, work the crowd, bring each person out, comment on their costume, make them dance, you know, make them perform for me. You are on my stage, dance, puppet dance. <laughs> and, uh, you know, parade them in front of the judges and send them on their way, give them their sheet and send them on their way. And I got to do the, we did the kids first and then uh, we did the adults. And I have to tell you, the two that stand out from the adults the most that I think are the most memorable for me are Regan from The Exorcist. I mean, she had the contacts, her eyes were green, her teeth were green. She was green. I was wait. I, she looked just like her. It was uncanny. And I mean, I was waiting for her head to spin pea soup. She even came and this is going to make Misha. This one's for you, honey. She brought the cross with her on stage. And yes, I heard your voice in my head and you know what it was saying. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Because now I know Misha's sitting up on her balcony, listening to this podcast, spewing whatever drink she happened to have in her mouth all over the sidewalk. Because she's now roaring. <laughs> anyway, say hello to your mother. Um, she was uncanny. She looked just like her. It was creepy. And I think she won second place. The other, the last contestant that came up was, you know, he is a paid actor that is paid to go around and play this character. And he was the real Michael Myers. And let me tell you, like, he had the contact for the, the clouded eye. Yeah. Like it was just, 
And when he had that mask on and he turned and just looked at you with those dead eyes, like I, I want, I, I, I won't lie to you. I wanted to run. He freaked me out more than the trio of Freddies that came up and they actually won. Um, yes. I was on stage with three people dressed as Freddy Krueger. Uh, I will say one of them was a woman and she was wearing a sweater dress with fishnet. Freddy's got great legs. Um, but yeah, they won because they had hand sculpted their own masks. They had cast them and hand sculpted them themselves. So that's kind of why they won. But um, yeah, Michael Myers, and he would just kind of do that that pivot where like his entire body turns, but nothing on his body actually moves. It's like, how did you do that? And I'm like, yeah, he was chasing me. Well, he wasn't even chasing me around the stairs. He was just walking towards me around the stage. He was just walking towards me. And I'm like trying to be anywhere that he's not. <laughs> just like, just go, dude, go. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a whole lot of fun. And I guess I'm now unofficially the official cosplay. I mean, I've done it two years in a row now. And I've had the audience roaring. I just, I get, I don't know. I've always had stage fright, but I just, I seem to have found my, my stride, my niche. You know, I'm, I'm a great master of ceremonies. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, it was great. The, the haunted maze, I went through it with, um, Zoe and we were, we were scared, but we were, we were fun scared. So like we would screech and we would like, they would jump scares and we would be laughing so hard. I could barely stand up. And I noticed at one point in time, like I'm there to kind of, you know, not really protect her because they weren't going to hurt us, but you know, like I was there to keep her calm and, and, you know, so she didn't get too scared. And I realized at one point in time that I had unconsciously moved her so that she was in front of me. It's like, Oh, great get scared, throw the small child and then run. No, that's not how this is supposed to work. I move her back around so that she's beside, but I had to keep moving her from side to side because they came, they were coming at you from all angles. But, oh yeah, we laughed our way through that. That was so much fun. Um, the band sucked. I was not a fan. It was too loud. It was too, um, it was the wrong setup for the space that it was in, but that was not any of our fault. That again, I'll say it again. Eddie's an idiot. I was Eddie's thing. Um, we didn't stay for the concert. We left, but the rest of it, the vendors were great. Uh, the celebrities were so cool. And I mean, it's kind of weird because I've never like rubbed elbows or hung out with or worked with celebrities before. And it's like, you know, you, yeah, okay, you, your table's over there, help yourself, do whatever you need to do. Carry, and it's like, okay, I just completely ordered around, you know, Walter Phelan. <laughs> you know, tablecloth sucks to be you. We're not providing them. Sorry. Um, and he laughed. He thought it was funny. <laughs> like, awesome. Every time he'd go by my table, I'd be like, how's it going? How you doing? How's your day? I'm having a great time, hon. It's so much fun. All right. Good. Aaron Bartling. He's another one. That, you know, I would run by his table. And as I'd be running by, which hat are you wearing now? <laughs> I'm going to be an author. Oh, I'm going to be an announcer. <laughs> you know, I'm a megaphone at the moment. Um, it was a whole lot of fun. I, I really, I can honestly say up until the end of the day, I had a good day. It was fun. I laughed. I got to hang out with, you know, 
my live studio audience's kids. My booth, my table seemed to be the place to be because um, one of the guys that brought his hearse, Raven, he was hanging out at my booth. I had um, Dave's oldest and his middle child. And periodically, the youngest, I had, at one point, I had all three of them. <laughs> I was kid drop off. They were hanging out with me, um, me and Walter. And uh, it was a good day. I had a really good time. I had a lot of fun. Oh, not Walter Phelan. Walter Esselman. Thank you. See, this is my live studio audience. This, this is what you don't remember. I did tell you one day, eventually, you would actually hear my live studio audience, which you probably can't because Joe's just that good. He will make it so that you won't be able to hear the live studio audience. Yeah, until the end of the day when we started to realize the full extent of what had happened and that'll all be in the board minutes. You'll be able to read October's minutes in January. Yes. Trust me, we're always a month behind. No, wait, wait. You'll be able to hear. No, we're in November. We're in November. So you'll be able to read October's minutes in November's minutes will be in December. So you'll be able to find it all out because it's all going to come out in the meeting. And we are a company that does not hide anything just so that you all are aware we are not, nor will we be ever again affiliated with Eddie Aguirre, or however you pronounce his weird little last name. And if you would so kindly go and follow our new Scarefare page on Instagram, it's just at Scarefare. Unfortunately, he has taken just about every form of Scarefare you could possibly think of and made them private accounts so that we couldn't use it. It's not even his. We're still fighting to try and get back Scarefare HD because it's company property. But um, at Scarefare is the new Instagram page. Go follow it. Unfollow the other page. We're trying to at least shut it down. Uh, but yeah, anyway, that was this weekend <laughs> and my trip to Vegas. So it's been a busy two weeks. I have had a really good two weeks. And then there was... My first Halloween in California, a whole lot warmer than in Ontario. Uh, I, I was pretty much in a t-shirt. It was great. Didn't see one costume over top of a snowsuit. Didn't see one toque. I didn't see a scarf, mittens, winter boots. Not a snowflake fell from the sky. There was a warm breeze. I think it was about 75 degrees. It was a beautiful night. We went to some really cool houses. And did you know, did you know? But they have like these portable fire pits, which a lot of people have, but you know, they set them up in their front yard or on their front porch or in their driveway and they sit around and that's how they shell out candy. And they do the yards up really cool. Cause you know, it never rains in California. It monsoons once every three weeks and then it floods, but it doesn't rain in California. I think I've seen clouds twice. <laughs> since I've been here. It's kind of fantastic. As a house plant that needs sunlight, I'm okay with that. I'm I'm really I'm really good with that. Not raining. I I know because back home in Ontario, Canada, it is the rainy season right now, which means it's going to be gray from now until April. And the rain will just turn to snow. We might get sunshine, maybe, sort of, possibly on a Thursday in December. And then again, maybe on a Saturday in January, we might, the clouds might part for a moment and angels will sing and the sun will come down and then the clouds will go, nope, we're done. And that'll be it. <laughs> February, forget it. You don't see the sun in February. 
my mom keeps saying that's because that's the month that I was born in. So it's dark because, you know, but you don't generally see the sun in February. You see a whole lot of snow. You see a whole lot of your breath because it's really cold outside. <laughs> but if all goes to plan, I will not be in Ontario for February. I will not be in Ontario for January. I will be in Florida because I'm going to Florida with member. I'm still going to Florida with my mom. And now that they've changed all the new driving across the border rules. <laughs> they're accepting the mixed vaccines and they're accepting AstraZeneca and woohoo, we are going to Florida. And <laughs> my mom, she's so adorable. She's like, you don't have to stay with me. You just got to drive down with me. Great. All right. I'll drive down. You can drive me to Miami. I'll take a $65 flight back to California and it'll all be lovely. <laughs> I'll be back in April. No, I can't leave her by herself for that long. She would know what to do with herself. Um, somebody's got to walk her dog. But I foresee me being back and forth a lot <laughs> for a while. Um, but yeah, so it's it's been lovely. Like today, it was up to like 80 some odd degrees today. And I'm sitting in the Jeep and it's November. And I'm hot in my thin little dressy, you know, just throw over. And I'm wearing like a not even a tank top. It's like a halter collar, you know, around the neck kind of top and, and yoga pants. <laughs> this is kind of awesome. I like this weather. I'm good with this weather, but, uh, yeah, it's, so it's been a, a busy two weeks. Um, we're kind of in the aftermath of everything now. And now it's, you know, I've got to get down to business. I've got to write a book. I've got to edit a magazine. I've got, I mean, you know, real life is now kicking back in. Um, I'm not on vacation anymore. I'm just in a different country now. <laughs> so I've got uh, some books I have to edit, some things I have to look at for our 2022 lineup for um, the publishing company. And yeah, we're back to real life. We're back to doing the stuff we do that keeps this big old Jaisalmon machine moving forward. And for those who are listening that thought you could stop the machine, you could break the machine. <laughs> Guess again, my friend. Guess again. You thought I could see through you before. You thought I scared you before. <laughs> I have permission to speak now. I have permission to not like you. I don't have to be nice to you anymore because you're an idiot. I want a t-shirt that says Eddie's an idiot. I really do. I will have one made. Crystal, make me a t-shirt. Speaking of Crystal, she has now relocated successfully to New Brunswick. She has a beautiful view because I'm getting some you know, jealous worthy pictures of the sunset from her kitchen window. And I am, other than my family, I am pretty much now alone in Ontario. <laughs> where well, I'm definitely alone where I live because the only other person that I know there is Mike. And I mean, Mike and I aren't close. We're friends, but you know, we were mutual. Our mutual acquaintances are now in New Brunswick. And I think we have a joked around about making a road trip in April when, you know, Quebec is passable. Quebec, Quebec pretty much shuts down in the wintertime. <laughs> you don't have snow tires, and not just snow tires, but ice tires. You don't drive through Quebec. You kind of slide through Quebec. And I would really rather not slide through Quebec and through a moose's legs because the moose will step on me. Remember, podcast, giant drunk toddlers, go listen. But um, I'm pretty sure 
about five hours into the trip, I'd have to kill Mike because he would say something stupid. If you're reading uh, Penance, Chris is modeled after Mike. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm not playing Chris up. This flat out, this is Mike. And I'm pretty sure he would go, well, you don't know. I know. And I would have to throw him out of my car while it's still moving. And my car is small enough. I could unbuckle his seatbelt, lean over, open the door and go, ah, problem solved. Out he'd go <laughs> into the ditch. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. I get to Crystal's and she'd be like, what happened to Mike? I don't know. He's somewhere back there on the 30 somewhere. Not sure. Maybe by the moose sign. He fell out. I went around a curve. The door swung open. He accidentally fell out. I didn't realize he was gone till I got here. I thought he was sleeping. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm pretty much now, I mean, I wanted to gear my life towards traveling and I've kind of done that and I'm paying $800 a month for storage. It's really cute storage. It's comfortable storage. It has storage has hot water. So I'm good with that. But uh, yeah, so I'm pretty sure I'm going to be back and forth when finances allow to California and I'll be in Florida and I'll be all over the place. But uh, my heart isn't there anymore. I have other priorities. I have other, um, my life is going in a different direction. We'll just say that my life is going in a different direction. I'm very happy with the direction that it's going. And I feel very content and comfortable with the direction that it's going. But yeah, it's going in a different direction, which is okay because that's the way life is supposed to go. If life was, if life was a straight line, it would be really boring. It really would. I kind of like the twisty, turny, not sure what's around the next bend kind of road that my life is. It's good. Life is good because you know, the alternative sucks. <laughs> life being bad? No. I've decided that I'm not allowed and I'm not allowing my life to be bad. I'm going to only allow it to be good. But uh, holy crap, I have been yammering on for 47 minutes now, about two days. <laughs> my day in Vegas and Scarefair. Those were really good days. And today was actually a really good day, too. We uh, the girls went to school. We went and did some running around. I got to, you know, glare at Eddie. That's always a good day. <laughs> Because, <laughs> you know, Eddie's an idiot. I can't say that enough. I really can't. I just, I love it. Um, and then when the girls got off school, we decided, because they have been absolutely amazing letting us do all of our scare fair stuff and, you know, work and not trying to, because they're so used to having their dad to themselves and having his complete and undivided attention. Um, they've been really good about this strange little Canadian just dropping into their, well, I mean, not dropping into their lives unexpectedly. They knew I was coming and I kind of have a relationship with them, albeit online, but, um, we decided today we were going to do something with the girls. So when you're an author, you write books and you love books, what do you do? You throw the girls in the back of the Jeep and you go to Barnes and Noble. <laughs> so we went to Barnes and Noble and I think Zoe and I skipped our way into the bookstore because it was fun. I got a new book. We all got new books because that's what you do when you go to Barnes and Noble is you get new books. And I've already started reading. I got Laurel K. Hamilton's. And now it's not her newest one, but it's I haven't read this one yet. It's her second last one. This is Sucker Punch. And the next one is Raphael, which is the last one she's written in this series. And I found out today, and I didn't know this, but she has started a Zaniel Havelock series. Yes. And the first book in that is called A Terrible Fall of Angels. And it's about a guy that can talk to angels. 
and it's, you know, it's angels walk among us, but so do a whole bunch of other nasty things. And I, I really, I want to finish the Laurel K. Hamilton series first up to where she is. Cause it's, she's never going to be done with that. And then I want to, um, then I'm going to start that series, but yeah, I got a new book and I swore, I, I said, I'm not going to start it until I'm done getting the minutes ready and I'm done what I need to do. And we weren't in the house 20 minutes and I already had my nose into page four. So I don't know. I'm, I love to read. I'm a big reader and I've missed reading and I started reading at home. And funny enough, I had started reading the Laurel K. Hamilton, Anita Blake series. And I was, I'm missing quite a few books. Um, my awesome bestie, other bestie, Misha has some of the books for me to kind of fill in the ones that are missing. Then once I get those from her, I'm going to sit down and I can take a complete inventory of the series because there are in the Anita Blake series, there are, let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine books in the Anita Blake series. I have most of them. And then we've got the Mary Gentry series where there's two, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine books in that series. Um, now her specials, I'm not and her anthologies i've read strange candy i'm not big on her anthologies or her short story series but i'm excited about the new series i want to finish um this series i think the last one after this one which is serpentine the next one is is Raphael, which i want to read his story he's the rat king if you've read any of her books you know who Raphael is i'm not going to explain it to you if you don't, I suggest you go and get guilty pleasures and get started. Like, what are you waiting for? And you'll, that's kind of where my nickname Lupa came from. The person who gave it to me was reading the series with me. And he just kind of looked at me after, I think it was like book three or book four. And he went, yup, Lupa. And it stuck. And I have been Lupa for 18 years now. <laughs> Had that nickname for about 18 years now. I don't have the jet black hair like she does, but I'm the same height and I have the same attitude. <laughs> I might be a little calmer. I don't carry near as many weapons as she does. But uh, yeah, so I was very excited. And then we went to Applebee's for dinner. So it was kind of a, a perfect quasi-family, yeah, perfect family outing. We had a lot of fun. The girls each got new books and Dave got a new book and I got a new book and it was good. Then we got steak. So, you know, books and steak, what more could a girl ask for? I'm happy. And then when, when I'm done my podcast tonight, and I spin it down and send it over to Joe. We're going to watch Halloween Kills. We've been trying to for the last two nights and it hasn't just, it's because there's been so much going on and there's so much that like once the kids are in bed sleeping, that's when, you know, the adults get together and we start talking about this and that and 17 other different things all pertaining to Scarefare and, you know, the idiocy of Eddie. Ooh, there's the name of the chapter. <laughs> um, I like, okay, you know what? If you want to come at me for calling you an idiot, prove that I'm wrong and I will retract my statement. Prove that I'm wrong. Show me that you're not a thief. Prove to me you're not a thief. Prove to me you're not a liar. And I will retract my statement publicly. I will retract my statement because I am fairly confident you can't do it. I am not slandering. I am not speaking fallacies. I am stating proven fact. Eddie's an idiot. Plain and simple. If it weren't for Rebecca and for 
Alan and mostly Rebecca because she kind of kept everything organized and reorganized it because it was just a mess. If it wasn't for Rebecca on the Friday, the Thursday and the Friday, there wouldn't be a scare fair. And Saturday, she hustled and we all hustled on Saturday. But if it wasn't for, he did nothing. He walked around with his thumb up his ass and his head in the clouds going, oh, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. Okay, no, you're just tired because you're short and you don't get any of the good air. I don't know. Eddie's an idiot. Anyway, if it wasn't for Rebecca, there wouldn't be a scare fair. If, there, if it wasn't for Alan and Dave and me and Joe and Jenna and um, Aaron and Dave's mom, Debbie, the day would not have been what it was, would not have been anywhere near what it was. And Dave would be out more than just $35,000. <laughs> well, okay, he's out 40, but, you know, was being optimistic because he hyperventilates every time I say 40000 he gets a little pale. <laughs> he's like he is right now. <laughs> but at least he's laughing. I don't know if he's laughing because he's completely, the cheese is completely slid off his cracker. Or if he's just laughing because I am really good at comedy. I don't know. We're going to go with that. I'm really good at comedy because I don't want to be trapped in a room with a crazy person. Um, And, you know, not my country. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's... <laughs> I mean, now he's making me giggle. I, okay, at least when he's on the phone, I don't have to look at him. And uh, he's right in front of me. Anyway, all right, let's. Uh, we've been at the fifty-six minutes now. Let's do. Let's do some fun facts. What have we got? I don't know. Eddie's an idiot. Throw <laughs> one more in there. There's a fun fact for you. Okay, so interesting and fun animal facts. Oh wow. Okay, so polar bear fur. Polar bear fur is actually clear. And their skin is black. Well, then why wouldn't the fur look like it was black if it was clear? I'm not sure. Interesting. Baby flamingos are born gray, not pink. I actually knew this because it's the shrimp that they eat that turns them pink. Oh, so a woodpecker's tongue actually wraps all the way around its brain, protecting it from damage when it's hammering into a tree. Oh, I can't even like lick in your own brain. Just like those are some tasty thoughts. I can't even. A shrimp's heart is located in its head. I know a few people whose hearts are located in their heads. And some are in their ass. Oh. Um. Aw. Elephants suck on their trunks for comfort. Like humans suck on their thumbs. Anteaters have no teeth. That I did know. Nine-banded armadillos always have quadruplets. And they're always identical. Oh. Could you imagine... Reaching adulthood, being a female armadillo and realizing you've got nine bands, I would be celibate for the rest of my life. Because you're going to have four babies, whether you want them or not. There's going to be four. Every time you have a litter, you're going to have four. And they're all going to look the same. You, 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 and you, 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 and you. There you go. Just name them all that. <laughs> Just say you. You're going to get one of them. A flock of flamingos is called a flamboyance. I know I've said that one before, but it's just really cool. Hippos and horses are actually distant relatives. All clownfish are born male. Clownfish. Kind of funny. They're all born male. <laughs> Smart ones become female. So in the UK, the queen legally owns all unmarked swans. Yep. Unmarked swans. They belong to her. Aww. To keep from drifting apart, sea otters hold hands when they're sleeping. They're very sweet. Goats have accents. 
<laughs> I'm trying to hear a goat, you know, in a French accent. You <laughs> think of a goat doing that but one with an accent from the Bronx. <laughs> you can't. You can't do it. <laughs> Dolphin give names to each other. Hey, you. Morty, what are you doing? Uh, a group of owls is called a parliament. There are 32 muscles in a cat's ear. There are 32 muscles. We're going to have to grab a cat because there's some cats around here. We have to grab a cat and find out. All right. Snails can regenerate their eyes. Ah, here, pluck their little eyeballs off and they could grow new ones. Want to know if your pet turtle is a boy or a girl? Listen closely. Female turtles hiss and male turtles grunt. <laughs> that kind of makes it. Ew, a starfish can turn its stomach inside out. Ah. All right, let's, let's do some fun history facts. Uh, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, so Henry VIII. Yes, I have to go V is five and then count the I's after. Henry VIII knighted all four of his grooms of stool. These are the people in charge of wiping his butt. They're called grooms of stool, and he knighted them all. I can't even. Those, that, those jokes just write themselves. <laughs> wow. Grooms? Could you imagine? What do you do for a living? I'm a groom of stool. I've been knighted. I wipe the king's butt. I'm the official butt wiper. I wonder if that's where the expression ass kiss came from. Powder it, kiss it, whatever. Ew. In ancient Egypt, servants were smeared with honey so flies would flock to them instead of the pharaoh. Ingenious. While there are some foods that it is sacrilegious to use a fork with, pizza's one of them, uh, chicken wings fried chicken, but it was once considered sacrilegious to use a fork. Yep. Abe Lincoln was a champion wrestler. He was also a licensed bartender. Maybe they should have called him Abe of all trades. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, George Washington owned a whiskey distillery. Since 1945, all British tanks, you know, tanks, the big things that rumble along that people like to steal and try and flatten hospitals and police stations. Yeah, tanks. All British tanks have been equipped with the necessary items for making tea. <laughs> you know, Pope Gregory IV, because I had to do the V and go back one, once declared war on cats because he believed Satan used black cats. The declaration led to the mass extermination of cats. Boo hiss. That lack of cats led to a rat infestation, which led to the spread of the plague. <laughs> Uh, John Adams was the first president to live in the White House. <laughs> Go to bed. Chernobyl, the Exxon Valdez oil spill, and the Challenger explosion have all been attributed to lack of sleep. That's kind of scary. Uh, the average person living in Sweden eats about 22 pounds of chocolate a year. I need to live in Sweden. <laughs> Although, you know, on a really bad weekend, I could probably eat about 22 pounds of chocolate in a two-day span. So while the Wright brothers are famous as a pair, they actually only flew together once. They promised their father they'd always fly separately, just in case, you know, one died, you know, have an heir and a spare. <laughs> uh, parts of the Great Wall of China were made with sticky rice. If you're hungry, just find out which part while you're on the tour. <laughs> have a snack. Um, 90% of the world's population lives above the equator. Finland has more saunas than cars. So we'll go eat chocolate in, in Sweden and then go over to Finland for a spa. Virginia is the only state that has the same state flower and state tree, the dogwood. 
the height of the Eiffel Tower can vary up to six inches depending on the temperature. I think I've said that one before. All right, we're going to do a couple of interesting music facts. Then we're going to move on to Florida Man because, you know, it is Friday. Uh, Happy Birthday was the first song ever played on Mars. Mars rover Curiosity played the song to itself on its very first anniversary on the planet. Aw, it's kind of sad. <sighs> President Nixon was an accomplished musician. He played five instruments, including the accordion. Ever trust a man that can play the accordion? <laughs> yes, Misha, that one was for you. Our good old Weird Al. Got a song stuck in your head? That's called an earworm, and that is an actual term. None of the Beatles could actually read music. I'm not surprised. Most of their songs only have four notes, just in various forms. I'm not saying anything negative about the Beatles' music. I happen to like the Beatles very much. However, George Harrison could reportedly play 26 instruments. Barry Manilow did not, in fact, write, I write the songs. That's kind of funny. Metallica is the only band to perform on all seven continents. All right, and we're going to leave fun facts on Metallica and head on over to Florida Man, because he's always good for a laugh. Now, while some states are known for their food or architecture, Florida is known for Florida Man. From the man who called 911 for a ride to Hooters to the man who tried to get an alligator drunk, the Sunshine State is home to a special breed of guy. Sorry, Alan. <laughs> you got out, at least. Here are some of the weirdest and wildest headlines that fueled the now-notorious Florida Man meme. So, let's see. Uh, Florida Man, October 23rd, 2014. Florida Man, once arrested for fighting drag queen with tiki torch, runs for mayor. Boyd Corbin was reportedly dressed in an iconic KKK costume at a Halloween party in 2012 when he allegedly got into a brawl with a man in drag, leading to his bust for aggravated assault. But that didn't stop him from running for mayor of the small city of Wilton Manors two years later. Uh, all right, we've read that one. We've read that one. Okay, Florida Man needs to start. You know, COVID has really, really cut down on the really good Florida Man news. Uh, Florida Man, G January 9th, 2018. Florida man tries to steal a rack of ribs by stashing it in his pants. Well, cops busted Maley Alvarez Aguilar at an Indian town store. He allegedly removed a full rack of ribs from his waistband. The hungry 26-year-old was also smuggling fried chicken, two packs of hamburger buns, and some mashed potatoes, the police said. And some big pants. Some skinny boy. Florida man insists syringes pulled from rectum aren't his. Okay. Apparently they belong to somebody else. Okay, we're not going to read that one because there's small children in the room. But, you know, think think along the lines of a furry and a live dog. Florida man arrested after... Ooh, never mind. Florida man protects car from Hurricane Dorian by parking it in his kitchen. Uh, Patrick L... Okay, you know what? I drive a small car. Um... In a hurricane, I'm pretty sure my car would be fairly effectively relocated. An elderly Florida man... Oh, nope, sorry. Let's try that again. Down one. Patrick Eldridge of Jacksonville drove his smart car inside his home and into his kitchen to protect it from flooding and wind. Okay, you know what? It's a smart car. It probably fit through the front door. Not a problem. My husband was afraid his car might blow away, his wife Jessica said on Facebook. Um, all right. So Florida man arrested for trying to get an alligator drunk. Timothy Kepke, 27, allegedly fed some beer to the gator after his pal caught it with his bare hands in Palm City. 
but the reptile apparently wasn't a fan of booze and bit him. Both men were later arrested. A Florida man on a Segway was charged with a DUI. Andy Seegers, 48, was accused of riding the geeky vehicle while wasted right in front of a police station. Yep, that was a facepalm you all just heard, people. A Florida man busted feeding iguanas to an alligator in a zoo jail. In jail zoo. Uh, Jailbird Jason Aaron Gibson was allowed to work at a small petting zoo in the Stock Island Detention Center until fellow inmates ratted him out for feeding the giant lizards to Irwin the gator. Uh, Florida man fights off alligator that attacked his dog. Florida man bitten in the face by alligator while playing disc golf. See, that's why you don't play frisbee golf. It's a stupid game and you'll get bit in the face by an alligator. Florida man. Florida men. Oh, there's a team here. Florida men catch 18.9 foot Burmese python. Why? The previous largest snake was one tenth of a foot shorter. And that is it for Florida man today. And I think because I want to go watch the movie and it's getting late again. And I'm not going to be told no for a third night. I'm going to, and I mean, we're already over an hour, so I'm going to end the podcast here, and that is your update for the last two weeks. I will probably still be here next week when I podcast. <laughs> Live studio audience says I will, so I will. I'll be here for a while. I am going to sign off, and I will see, well, I won't see you all, but I will talk to you all next week, and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. So stay safe, stay sane, and remember, say it with me. I've said it once. I said it twice. I will say it again. Eddie's an idiot. All right, everybody. Have a good night. See ya. Carry on all the way, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry.